Hey! Welcome to Bruce Culture. I'm your host, Evan Schwab. I own the gaming site Big Cultures, and I'm an aspiring Cicero. I'm here to help you pair quality craft beers with great games in order to maximize your leisure time. We'll talk about some of the best breweries and their histories alongside the ins and outs of games and the gaming industry. So stop in, take a load off, and enjoy excellent brews with us as we explore two of the most profitable business industries. Today's episode of Brews Culture is brought to you by Daydreamer Studios. Do you have stories and expertise to share with the world? Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? There's no better time to start than now with the help of a trusted production partner. Daydreamer Studios is a full-service production company that takes all the stress off your plate. You can focus on creating engaging content while they focus on recording, editing, audio engineering, hosting, and publishing on 22 major platforms. Log into the advanced remote system with one click and the Daydreamer team will be on the other end ready for you to record everything you have to say. Owned and operated by Daydreamer Network, the producer of this podcast, Daydreamer Studios continues on the company's mission to empower storytellers of all kinds by making podcasting accessible to all. For more information and current promotions, visit daydreamernetwork.com backslash studios. That's daydreamernetwork.com backslash studios. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of Bruise Culture. Today, we've got a little bit of a different show for you. It's not exactly a beer, but it certainly carries the spirit of what Bruise Cultures is. Now, the beverage we'll be talking about today is a mead or Nordic honey wine that goes by the name of Viking Blood. Before we get into that, I wanted to kind of focus on the idea of video games. You know, a lot of people use them as a means to escape from their reality, sort of like sinking yourself into a good novel, a good piece of fiction, maybe a movie. Who knows? The finale of Loki season one finished up today, Wednesday, the 14th of July, excuse me. And it has been renewed for a second season and has set the stage for the next phase, I think more so here than the previous two Marvel TV shows. WandaVision, I really enjoyed. And I also really enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But both of those kind of set up small picture pieces for the for the next phase of the MCU. You know, you had the end of WandaVision kind of set ties with Captain Marvel. You've got possibly a Fantastic Four introduction soon. You've got White Vision. And then you've got the Scarlet Witch setting up her appearance with Doctor Strange in the uh, sequel film there. And then in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you've got the introduction of briefly the new Captain America uh, who then becomes U.S. agent and a new possibly Thunderbolts possibly Dark Avenger type team being built around U.S. agent and as a Black Widow has just released Yelena uh, from there as well as a part of that group so we'll see who else joins 
based on uh, you know what's coming out in the future but you had kind of these smaller picture maybe slowly ramping up i guess if you consider what a dark avengers or type of group would would the implications would be for the mcu then it would be you know slightly ramped up from where wandavision left off wandavision to to falcon and the winter soldier now the end of loki which we're not going to talk about for spoiler purposes as it just finished up this morning but it's it basically you know sets the stage for at least in my opinion and granted marvel could and has thrown quicklin's bias before but sets up the the next phase of marvel films uh, i think extremely well and then probably tops it off with that being said, I think I think they're doing, and I could be wrong again, but I think they're slowly putting together the pieces of the MCU. You know, now that they've acquired the X-Men, they've made deals with Sony to ensure that Spider-Man can continue in the MCU. I think, you know, it, it feels to me, maybe, that in the near future after this current phase that uh, we'll have... Which just finished up in the comic books. I believe it just finished up. But Null, the uh, the the dark god Null, I, I feel like that's where it's going. Based on the villain of the new Thor movie, the introduction of the I would imagine the introduction of the X Men into the MCU in the near future, and then everything that kind of happened in these these past three shows, but in particular Wandavision. In any case. I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Loki. I would encourage you to watch it if you do have an active Disney Plus subscription. However, and I will say this loudly, you can watch the Black Widow movie from Disney Plus. You pay a subscription fee. I, I don't remember what it is at this point. I know they just increased it. It used to be about 5 bucks a month, which isn't terrible. They increased it a couple bucks a month. And that's, you know, it's fine. I appreciate the content. My daughter loves watching Cars. So having the Disney stuff is is nice for her. And then having Star Wars stuff is also pretty cool too. But the issue I have with the Black Widow is the price tag. So you're paying your, your subscription fee, but then you have to pay another $30 to watch Black Widow while it's in theater. Now, the argument I've heard about things like this, because obviously Amazon has similar situations, but the issue that I have with paying $30 to essentially just watch a movie that I could go see in theaters in my house is that it's outrageous. Now, people say, yeah, so is going to the movies. You take your whole family to the movies, you're going to pay at least 30 bucks, And that's true. But I'm not getting the same experience, right? I don't have a massive projector in my basement. I have a relatively old (laughs) 4K LED TV at this point. I don't have incredible sound. I have what comes out of my TV speakers, which is worse than most. I might have a solid quality picture, but... It's, it's not the same experience, you know? I mean, I guess I could get a free beverage and a free snack, provided I had it at the house already. But 30 bucks, and I would be the only one at my house watching it. 
doesn't make sense. I'd rather just wait for it to come out on Blu-ray and purchase it for $30, which it won't even cost that much. Maybe on Ultra 4K. I think that's a crime, <laughs> but that's a different story for, for a different time. So, the pairing that we have for today, as we segue abruptly from Marvel to our delicious mead in Viking blood, is, I think, a pretty close, probably as thematically aligned as any pairing I've done to this point. And that would be taking Viking blood and comparing it with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And at this point, I suppose I could have opened the show talking about the new Assassin's Creed project that seems like it's going to be a sort of... uh, Pay-to-play isn't the right word, the right phrase, rather. But what I've read and seen is that it will be similar to a Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead Redemption Online type deal. So whether it involves a massive story or, or whatever you have, or if it's just you know a, a wide-open multiplayer situation, we'll see. But it seems like there's going to be a continuous sort of pay scale, paywall maybe. And I know it has a lot of people relatively upset. Assassin's Creed has been around for a very long time. I don't know if I would get into the new project if it is a pay-to-play type deal. But you never know. If it looks great, then perhaps. The biggest disappointment with that announcement, however, is that Assassin's Creed Valhalla was really good. I think I think a lot of people liked it. Uh, it was one of the first, you know, next-gen experiences. Now, obviously, there's a PS4 and Xbox One version of the game. But really, on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, and obviously on PC, you're getting a beautiful experience taking place in Nordic history. You've got a lot of snows, uh, especially in the opening of the game. Just beautiful landscapes. Eventually, you you make your way over to Europe. But it's, it's just a beautiful next-gen experience. And everything flows and feels great. Now... Ubisoft has an issue on their hands, and maybe this is why the new project is, you know, veering into different territory. So you had, you know, the the whole plot from Assassin's Creed 1 to 3 with the the few, like, uh, side projects mixed in there. You had this whole deep... (laughs) And I say deep in the sense that, like, it was relatively convoluted not deep as in like it was you know literature theory deep but it followed the story of desmond went into the history of the assassins and the templars and followed those two kind of arcing stories that that built upon one another so after assassin's creed 3 was over it was like what what's next so they they continued to build on the story with syndicate and Unity. Unity, by the way, is one of my personal favorites. 
If you can get past the massive issues it had on launch, it is a terrific game, and it was really pretty, too. But it did have some really entertaining glitches. You know, you'd be in the middle of a conversation with somebody, and NPCs would just bust in through the doors and stand right in front of you and be shouting in your face. Not necessarily talking to you or to the dude or, or you know, person you're talking to, but they would just glitch their way into a house that you were in or, or wherever you were and just be like shouting. Now, the idea was to make this living, breathing world where you could, you know, that, that felt great. But, but the, uh, the issues on launch were pretty epic. But so Assassin's Creed Valhalla kind of carries on that story. You play as you can choose to be either, you know, a female or male character in this one. And it follows your story from your uh, your home. Your family was butchered by a rival clan. And eventually you grow up, you, you make your way over to, you know, Britain. You start pillaging, creating your own village in a territory that you conquer yourself. So it has the, the makings of very traditional Assassin's Creed fair. Combat was much more much more like the, you know, Odyssey, the, the two newer Assassin's Creed games. I, for whatever reason, I'm drawing a blank. Odyssey and Origins, maybe? No, Origin. I don't know. Whatever the case, it was much more RPG combat, RPG level up systems, skill systems. You got a whole bunch of different gear that you can equip. And for me... Those systems were terrific and are terrific. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is basically that system perfected. The combat is terrific. The amount of options you have in decking out your character to be whatever you want to be are very... There's there's just a ton of options. The, the best feeling combat... So they've t- they took what they had in the first two um, games of this new play style and they really built upon that with each entrance and and this is definitely the best version as it should be it's all terrific you know you get your base building kind of deal like you've had in assassin's creed since what brotherhood or not even brotherhood i think uh, assassin's creed 2 you've got you know everything that is a staple of assassin's creed is here but with its its own uh, new twist and incredible visuals and terrific polished gameplay. And if you know anything about the recent Assassin's Creed games, you'll know that the worlds that you will be playing in are massive. They're not just your typical sandbox RPG or or sandbox game. Basically, if if you've seen anything about the last few, I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's hard to explain, but they're massive. You know, like, hundreds of hours to explore the entire game massive so there's plenty to do (laughs) you definitely get your money's worth you might burn out on it before you finish the game if you try to do everything but there's a lot to do and it's really good and if you like vikings which a good buddy of mine has been the one who really kind of brought the viking spirit into my life if that's your if that's your thing you know i think you would really enjoy it pop on some insiferum <laughs> kick back 
and you know be a brutal viking really recommend this one the nice thing about these new Assassin's Creed games is that you can drop in and not really have to have played the previous entries. I mean, they kind of talk about Desmond every once in a while and the characters that you're working with in Valhalla are also, you know, the, the main characters that have been around since the beginning, outside of Desmond, of course. So... You know, there's a bit of a of a continuation to the story, but it's really not something that you need to have played the other games to really enjoy this one. Now, if you go back, I would recommend playing Assassin's Creed one, two, and three before you know hopping. Don't don't hop around with those. But these new ones, you don't really have to have uh, huge you know knowledge of the series. Do I recommend most of the series? Sure. I really enjoyed one. Obviously, it was fresh. Two was my favorite for a very long time. Three, I didn't get into. Uh, the, uh, the, the So, Assassin's Creed used to come out every year. There was a game literally every year. Within the past, what, four or five releases, they, they've definitely split that up a lot. And it was absolutely necessary. Because I played... I played the crap out of Assassin's Creed 2. By the time that first spinoff came, not even spinoff, it was just a continuation of Ezio's story. But by the time those, you know, the two extra Assassin's Creed 2 games came out, I was done. I got them, but I was done. And then 3 came out, and I could not get into 3. Uh, such a slow beginning. Cool idea, set in the Revolutionary War. Uh, but the game that really got me back into it was Assassin's Creed Rogue, which is still one of my favorites. That's neither here nor there. We could talk about that during one of our streams if you like to drop in on our Twitch streams. But Assassin's Creed Valhalla is a great entry point if you've never played an Assassin's Creed game. And if you have played an Assassin's Creed game, if you've played them all, you will, and enjoyed, especially if you enjoyed the last few, you'll thoroughly enjoy this one, I believe. So, we are pairing that with Viking Blood. Now, I am aware that this is not a beer. <laughs> it is a mead, which is basically, you know, honeyed wine that the the Nord men were, were rumored to have consumed basically on a daily basis. Most Viking literature, fiction, you know, movies, whatever, will have some sort of alcoholic beverage that these people consumed regularly, you know? It's like, uh, well, I'm not going to name any stereotypes, but it's like a, it's the stereotype of the Vikings, right? So, Viking blood has it's 19% alcohol. So it's, it's, you know, it's not, not the lightest of beverages and you can certainly taste it as a smell. It smells a lot like just your regular wine. Well, maybe not regular wine. It's, it definitely smells a little sweeter, but it has a very distinct alcohol smell that I typically get when I am drinking wine, which isn't often, but I did do a few wine tours with my wife before we were married. So, you know, enjoy a good glass of wine. 
every now and then. But it definitely has that, that sort of scent. And when you drink it, and actually, uh, before I get into that, this is allegedly based on a recipe from about the year 1700. That's what it says on the bottle. It is produced Clover Markin, Billund. Please, I apologize if I am mispronouncing any of these names. And it's imported here through Be United International in Oxford, Connecticut. Now, I was able to find this at Red Wine and Brew, hanging in its own little section. I would imagine you can find it anywhere. I did see on Beer Advocate that it says they do not brew it any longer, but I do not think that is true. I don't think this bottle is years old. It is not. I believe this one was brewed within the past year. Could be wrong, but, you know, they, they had plenty. It wasn't like they were, this was the last one on the shelf. Now, a good bottle of mead will cost you quite a bit. Um, this one is about, I believe it's 300 milliliters. And, yes, 300 milliliters. So, it's a small bottle. The bottle height is about the size of a beer can. It's smaller in height than my new Belgium fat tire that I used two weeks ago. But not as... Um, not as dense either. So pr- relatively small as far as, you know, beer goes, but obviously packs a bigger punch. Uh, I believe this one costs about $12 for this bottle. Regular size bottles much bigger. And those, I believe they were running 35 bucks. So I guess, I guess it's not terrible, but it is a lot of money to spend on a beverage. Now, obviously you can put the cap back on or the cork back in, however your bottle comes. And, and drink it in more than a day, which is more than you can do for a regular bottle or can of beer. So you can save it, which I will be doing with this one. It is good. My Viking buddy that I was telling you about earlier and I celebrated one of the days before I proposed to my wife. We had ourselves a solid mead that I had picked up on our way back from Frankenmuth. But in any case, the Viking blood is brewed with obviously honey meat is fermented honey this is brewed with hibiscus with a few special hops added into the mix so it definitely isn't the pure sweet taste that you might get from a mead and when you compare it with bee nectar zombie killer that we we talked about a few weeks ago or i suppose a few episodes ago would be probably more than a few weeks at this point it definitely is a much stronger, thicker taste than Zombie Killer, which, as I said in the Bee Nectar Zombie Killer Bruise Culture, that it was originally, when I was doing the beer tour, labeled as a mead, which is actually why I got it in the first place, because I was still pretty fresh off the mead when I was doing that beer tour. I really enjoyed the one that I had gotten. So... Uh, and, and really enjoyed the Bee Nectar Zombie Killer at that. But when I picked it up this past time uh, at Red Wine and Brew, and when I was doing my research on it on the Bee Nectar website, they have changed, or maybe they never changed, but the place I was at was incorrect to begin with. But it is now officially a cider. Still great. Still highly recommend. But it's definitely a thicker, stronger taste scent. You know, all of it. The, the Zombie Killer. Taste-wise, 
you know, again, it smells, it smells very sweet. It smells like wine. If you were drinking, I don't want to say a Zinfandel, but a sweeter wine, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, I was married at Thorn Creek Winery, which is a beautiful little property in Aurora, Ohio. And they, you know, make their own wine there. The smell of this really reminds me of one of their fruit wines, which makes sense, but really good smell. And the taste is just terrific. If you like sweeter beverages or you like sweeter wines, this is, or, or ciders, this is something that you will probably enjoy. Now, again, it's 19%, so <laughs> drink responsibly, but it's really good. So it, it goes down, you know, the first thing that hits me when I drink it is the alcohol, you know, like the wine, the feeling you get when you drink wine. But as that settles, it kind of layers a very honey flavor, a very honey tasting flavor that kind of coats your mouth. And it's really good. And it lingers for a while. So if you're not a huge fan of that initial sting of alcohol, the um, blanket of honeyness is a really nice finish to a sip. It's really really good experience. Now, the reason we paired it obviously outside of the outside of the obvious Viking connection, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Valhalla being the place where warriors go when defeated in combat or when when killed in combat rather. Viking blood. It just it pairs extremely well. Now, the game itself kind of hits you hard like the first couple sips of, of Viking blood. It's not the fastest of paced. It's not the um, smoothest of expositions, but it is solid. And the layering of the gameplay on top of the betrayal, uh, on top of the, you know, you start to begin to care for your character at the end of that opening section that the two pair really well together it's smooth well after that initial shock it's smooth and comforting and there are very few comforts i I suppose as the assassin's creed saga in gaming and that's to say it's been around for so long I believe I was either graduating high school or, or or in my senior year of high school when Assassin's Creed came out. And, I mean, they're still coming out now. I'm 33. So, 15 years of Assassin's Creed, give or take. I mean, there aren't, there aren't a ton of franchises that I, you know, like to go back to that have been around for that long. Obviously... Final Fantasy is one of my favorites. I mean, I grew up with it, but I waited almost almost the entire uh, life of Assassin's Creed for Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> Again, that's a whole different story. But in any case, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is probably mechanically, visually, all of the above, probably the best Assassin's Creed game in the entire series. And likewise... Viking blood is 
probably, if not the most, it's it's in the top, you know, one percent of known meads, you know, around. I would say around the world. If you're looking for a mead, chances are, your beverage shop of choice, if they carry meads, they will have Viking blood. They may have others, but Viking blood is probably the the biggest one that you will find. And much like Assassin's Creed, at least Valhalla, it is worth your it's worth your money. Yeah, I would say so. Worth your time. It's definitely enjoyable. Both. What does it hurt to give Viking blood a shot? Right. You can you can rent Assassin's Creed from GameFly or I guess find it probably pretty cheap at this point from a GameStop or what have you. And then if you find a small bottle of Viking blood, it's about 10 bucks. So, you know, I always say, especially if something interests you, it's worth taking a look at, worth experiencing. But yeah. So Viking blood, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, two terrific experiences in and of themselves and then even more so if you play them together now if you do want to see us play them together we typically do a bruise culture twitch live stream you can find us at twitch.tv backslash big cultures and you can follow us on instagram and twitter at big cultures as well uh, we look forward to seeing you there and thank you obviously for listening to me ramble video games and alcohol Uh, two big passions of mine and i am grateful to have you with us thank you and have a lovely lovely rest of your day disclaimer this podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.